Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News with my main man, CJ, who's working the airwaves remotely because we are rogue in exile. We'll be back on YouTube on the 26th, so make sure you keep it locked over here. Uh, we shall return. It's only a matter of time. And when we return, there's going to be things that are going to be different. We're not going to be posting a lot of uh, uh, content there. It's going to be more pr- promotional. It's going to be more things that are going to be geared towards uh, YouTube. But what we're going to do is try to make it in a way where we advertise and we talk about it there, and then we kind of shift it to other platforms like over here on Rumble and whatnot. But with that being said, CJ, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's up, brother? Doing doing well. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, I'm just, like I said, just I'm kind of burnt out on winter. Um, I'm envious of Gus, who gets to get the uh, beautiful sunshine nearly every day. Uh, but but wait till summer, Gus. You're going to be hot and humid. and going to be sweating his balls off, man. That's right. Going to be sweating your balls off. you be sweating his balls off. That Florida humidity is no joke, bro. And, and Gus, hopefully, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday, right? Tomorrow's Wednesday. He will be yeah. back, so we'll be ready for him as well. Seems lots going on in the world, and uh, as we sit here and narrate the decline of Western civilization as we know it, uh, as we fight the wokesters and trying to maintain uh, some sort of semblance of humanity and civilization all at the same time, uh, where do you want to begin, man? I mean, lots of interesting things. Uh, the the with all the insanity that's going on, the the theater of the profane still continues, man. You know? Well, you know, it, it's it's hard it's hard not to pay attention to to the uh, partisan politics and you know in the United States, right? It's 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 very difficult, you know, not to do so, and and rightfully so. You know, we shouldn't you know just completely wipe it out of any type of commentary. You know, we got to continue to monitor what's happening, you know, on the on the federal side of it. But yeah. when you look at things that are shaping up, V, in terms of the the policy, the agenda of the of the Biden administration. More and more people come to the realization, not only just conservatives, but the the left, the far left as well, saying, you know what, this is this is broken. This is not going to work. Nothing that they say is going to happen. Nothing that they envision. Uh, the raging Cajun James Carvel uh, was out just the other day. He's still alive. Talked- He's still alive. Yeah. No, I thought he died. Yeah, you remember, yeah, you remember that crazy thing? Like he was a far left and he married um the Republican agenda Mary. What was her name? Mary Madeline? No, not Mary Madeline. Maybe it was. But yeah, he's still alive. He's still raging. He's still raging. He still looks the same. He had oh some God. funky, crazy outfit on yesterday. It was like a multicolored striped shirt and a and a and a, and a, and a baseball cap. And you know how he's bald, but I enjoy listening to him. And, and what, uh, what did this guy say the nut job? Well, he specifically said that, you know, look, you know, stop talking about everything. You know, he's giving advice to the to the too late. He, it's too late. Yeah, he's saying <laughs> stop talking about all the failures and and start talking about some of anything that that is a, a success. And I'm like, OK, James, well, that's great. But yeah, what has been a success? What are what are the stories that you want to share? Is it is it Afghanistan? Is it the COVID policies going forward? People are nuts. Yeah, yeah. And and here's a crazy thing. Like CNN had some 
bureaucrat that was talking about about the the uh, left agenda. And he had the balls, the kahunas to say is the problem is not with the Biden administration. The problem is with those who support him, that they lack the vision to see how successful the Biden administration is. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I mean, dude, these are people. I've said this a a million times. These people are, are individuals that are not only in a massive echo chamber and a circle jerk, but literally, they're in an echo chamber that they literally sniff each other's farts, man. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. That's how much of an echo chamber these people are in. It's, it's ridiculous, bro. I mean, they are so out of touch with reality that they don't even get what's happening. They don't even understand that there's no connection here with the average everyday American. None whatsoever. It's crazy. Yeah, there's no connection. And, and, and I think there is a reason, like in, in terms of optimism, for the, uh, the, the, the conservative base to, you know, get back the, the House, take control of the Senate. The Senate's, you know, obviously I think is, is, is a no-brainer. But the problem is, and the key is, V, is that what do you do with it? Yeah. You, that's the key is what do you do? It's, it, it's great to say, oh, yeah, we won the, the House, we won the Senate. But V, if you look at the broken conservative leadership that, that's, that's established, the, the, the do-nothing you know, conservative base you, there, you have to put a lot of the failure on that on, you know, straight on the shoulders of Mitch McConnell mm-hmm. and, and his, his lack of, of, of ability to lead. Uh, you know, we know that he's one of those paid, paid and, and bought, uh, you know, politicians that sits in, in DC. So even, even if you're, if you get the ability to legislate and, and you do get that the house and the Senate, in terms of moving some of the policies forth, is he going to be the correct person to corral the troops to, you know, encourage those on, on, on the left to join, you know, some policies, some, some, some regulations, some uh, laws, some things that are put out there in terms of things that really need to take place uh, here in the United States to move forward an agenda that, that, that puts forth the American people in terms of the middle class, and and the and the working poor, there, there's a lot that can be can be done. But but darn it, v, you know, when you look at Mitch McConnell as an individual and as a leader, I don't I don't see any any big success stories on on his part to move move things forward. I, I truly don't. So yeah, I, I think there's going to be major things that happen. This article we have brought up is uh, Biden makes Republicans great again. Poll finds yeah. major swing in favor of GOP in 2021. Uh, some of the articles, this preferences shifted from nine point Democratic advantage to five point GOP edge. Average party preferences for all of 2021, similar to past years. Largest percentage of U.S. adults identify as political independence, which, you know, I definitely see that. You know, there's a lot of people that consider themselves politically homeless. On average, Americans' political preferences in 2021 look similar to prior years with slightly more U.S. adults identifying as Democrats or leaning Democratic 46%. Uh, then identified as Republicans or leaned Republicans, 43%. However, the general stability of the full-year average obscures a dramatic shift over the course of 2021, from a nine-percentage-point Democratic advantage in the first quarter to a rare five-point Republican edge in the fourth quarter. So, you know, this is a trend, and and I think that I think as we continue to move forward, we look continue to look at the failures of this administration. I think that we will continue to see that point gain just increase, V. The Democrats were so damn effective that they caused a whole mess of liberals to leave New York, go to Florida, (laughs) 
and vote Republican. That's how effective they're literally. Look, man, it, it, it's incredible. On average, American political party preference, it's, it's massive. It's massive. And when you're seeing this switch, because look, what they've done is they've alienated. I don't know who's giving them advice, each, but they've alienated their core middle of the road Americans. They've alienated them. They went woke. They brought in critical race theory. They uh, did, the, the, I mean, the lockdowns, the the, the, the stupid mandates, the, the, the vax rules, all this other stuff that's been happening. They shot themselves in the foot. And now they think that somehow they can memory hole what they've occurred and they can probably write it off as some sort of an accomplishment. There's no accomplishment here. You know, approval rating for Biden, all-time low and sinking fast. Approval rating for Camel Toe is the same thing. Approval rating for the entire DNC is the same thing. Approval rating for anybody who is a, um, um, a, a, a government um, uh, institution, you know, CDC, the NIH, whatever, right? It was Fauci, the whole nine yards. Nobody trusts these people, and nobody has forgotten nor will forget the traumatic event of, of COVID. Because it's not like 9-11, it happened in a day and it's over, right? It's not like any of those things. It's happening daily. And if you're in New York, you're in LA, you're in Chicago, okay, it's a daily thing for you. It's a daily thing for you to try to get food, try to pay your bills, try to figure out how you can get to work without being jacked, without being, you know, shot in the, in the arm with a, with a, with a, with a, with a vaccine, with God knows what it will do to you. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a struggle and a hustle. And I guarantee you look like the vaccination numbers they're talking about and whatnot in New York and LA and whatnot. I don't believe those numbers. I think a lot of those numbers are fake and fudge. I don't think a lot of people, I don't think a whole mess of people went and voluntarily got jabbed. I think there's a, there's a percentage of them. It could be even be a very small percent. That are not there, and there's all sorts of you know um, hustles. You can literally pay somebody to, hey, you know, say, hey, look, you know, I got a, a a jab. Here's my proof. You know that that that's been going on a lot as well. So people don't want this, and I think uh, recently, season yesterday, I, I texted out a um, a news story from Pfizer. This is the CEO of Pfizer. Right. And um, he said this. Right. And, and, and I didn't put this into our, our notes today, but Pfizer CEO predicts life on Earth will return to normal in the spring. Gee whiz, Siege, who was uh, the person out there saying that I could see this possibly re- re- retreating springtime? I could see a market sell off on pharmaceuticals. Right. Yep. yep. That to me is looking more and more true. I mean, look at this. Just a few days ago, Bill Gates shared some of his revised thoughts. Look at this. Billy Gates has a revised thought on COVID. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And he thoughts on COVID pandemic trajectory that Omicron's left us in. Several weeks after the warning that Omicron's heightened infectiousness might send the pandemic into overdrive, the Microsoft founder postulated instead, postulated instead that Omicron might hasten the end of the pandemic by leaving the human population with more antibodies against the virus. <gasps> God forbid. As a result, SARS-CoV-2 might enter its endemic stage more quickly. Oh, look at that. Uh, Bill Gates, here we go, Mr. Bill Gates. Uh, 
I'd say it's uh, probable that uh, we could uh, see this running for uh, several decades, and uh, it's quite conceivable. And now all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we're in the probably, it's going to go endemic, right? It's going to go endemic, and it could be over. This view that the end of the pandemic might finally be at hand after two years of suffering has become increasingly popular as of late. Take this piece from the BBC. The endemic COVID is the pandemic entering its endgame. While the piece mostly focuses on the UK, the sense is that the developed world, <laughs> the way the developed world, we're so developed, Siege. Yes. We're so developed. Uh, the developed world, okay, uh, is closer to the end because of its access to vaccine. How about the developed world is closer to its end because it, it's not working? Their new world order they hope for has blown up in their face. They blew their load. Their build back better has swirling, is being flushed down the toilet. And, and, they've, and their whole Green New Deal is going up in flames. This is their great global reset that was supposed to happen, but it's not going to happen. How about that? How about the fact that what they, these idiots who forecasted a vacuum, right? These morons who, for, who forecasted a vacuum, what if they all of a sudden started realizing that... Hold on, let me just mess with my sound here. Okay, that's better. What if these morons start realizing, hey, you know what? Um, this is not working. We're killing our profits. Well, V, they, you know, they, 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 they print the money. Why do they need more money? You don't get it. See, if you, if you are the owner of the game of Monopoly, right, and you're playing Monopoly, you have the ability in Monopoly to not only control the bank, but to print as much money as you possibly can to get assets, right, Siege? Mm-hmm. Would yeah. you want to implode that system? I mean, would you totally want to implode it? Really I mean, no. it, 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 if, if you do that and you're the owner of those assets, what happens to those assets, right? Bingo. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So all these people are out there, these talking heads, man, who are just out there talking about it, it, it's, it's the um, end of the world as we know it. It's, um, it's um, uh, you know, Mad Max or whatnot, like, or whatnot, right? And these guys wanted their neo-feudalism. Right. And sometime during the late winter, I started, you know, some data points started coming in. I'm not going to get, you know, bore anybody with the details, but some key metric data points started coming in. And I started saying, hey, man, this is, this is not working out for them. This is going sideways. And, the, and, 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 and watch the narrative change. And we're witnessing the narrative change. We're seeing it. And now all of a sudden, here's Billy Boy Gates saying, uh, it's uh, possibly conceivable that we could probably see the end of this pandemic. It's going to be endemic. And the BBC is saying the same thing. And now the, the CEO of Pfizer is saying the same thing as well. Now, let's delve into a little bit more. <clears throat> We're almost there. This is uh, Ju- Professor Julian Hiscox. Hiscox. Mm-hmm. Chairman of Infection and Global Health at the University of Liverpool. He says, that almost there. It's now the beginning of the end, at least in the UK. Because you idiots... And and see, I mean, Velo sent us a, a wonderful um, little uh, document from a, a think tank. And what that think tank document was was showing is that the global economy is quote unquote, unquote normalizing, right? Why? Because we, we don't have an energy crisis, right? We have a glut of oil. We've had enough oil. What do you think about this? The last several decades. From 2015, when the oil prices collapsed to $39 a barrel, 
all the way into 2019, there's been such an overproduction of oil, it's ridiculous. We were swimming in oil, right? Then the world shut down. That oil didn't go anywhere. Okay, that oil did not go anywhere. We have a glut of oil, and that glut of oil did not go anywhere. Did it had nowhere to go? Now, they did that because here's the supply. How do you create artificial scarcity? How do you spike a glut of oil? How do you get that oil prices to skyrocket? Well, you you speculate on it, and all of a sudden you've had. Wall Street, and you have the city of London, you have the oil speculators, right, over at Platts. They all of a sudden started jacking and playing with the oil price with the WTI and the, and, and the Brent, and all of a sudden oil is oh, $70, 80 $90 a barrel, right? Goldman put it out today, oil could be 103 Oil prices are going to go back down exactly to where I don't know yet. I don't have that metric or that data as of yet. And I said this in yesterday's video. What is the whole point of this whole COVID bullshit? It was, it was simply to stop the multipolar world. That's it. Okay. I'm going to see if I can pull up a little piece of data here. This is vital. And uh, let me uh, pull this up. Bear with me, people. Bear with me. Yes. Okay. And this is why you guys are tuned here to Rogue. Uh, share my screen. Yes, I will share it. Boom. I'm just going to show you this chart right here. Okay. When there's such a glut of oil, okay, and when you're looking at infra- uh, 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 hyperinflation seeds, right? Right. Let's look at the window of the countries where the hyperinflation went ballistic, and we're seeing currency crisis we're seeing food prices uh escalate we're seeing all sorts of hyperinflation we're seeing social unrest we're seeing all sorts of problems and guess what those countries have got and if these countries are not having those problems right they are they're having a color revolution <laughs> okay it's right here is these countries right here let me just okay let me just Right. So these countries right there mm. in that window, and let me increase the magnification so you can all see it. Shit, 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 shit. Okay, there we go. What do they have in common? Mm. They're all part of the Belt and Road. Yeah. They're all part of the multipolar world. And you're seeing, so you're, comp- you know, you're. We complain at four dollars and change gasoline. Okay, we're complaining about four dollars a change gasoline, and we'll complain about hey, you know what? Uh, meat prices are up, and there's artificial scarcity caused by food prices, and this, that, and the other. But these people over here in that window that I just that I just highlighted for you guys. They're downright losing their minds. They're losing their livelihoods. They're losing their lives. That's how jacked up it is. That's how incredibly jacked up it is. They're out of control over here, right? And this is what's happening. This entire COVID bullshit of renaming the goddamn flu, 
Okay. There was an individual I was reading and had was tested for COVID strain 228. See, do you know what COVID strain 228 is? <laughs> What's 228 that? or 229? Some sort of strain. Like it. It's the common cold, bro. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. It's the common cold. Exactly. Right. And then when you look at over here in, in, in our neck of the woods, in the, in, the, in the Western Hemisphere, let's take it up. There it is again. There's that window. There's Venezuela. There's a Guyana. Look, look at all these countries, man. Right. Zimbabwe. Right. Look at all these countries that are affected. All of them are having global issues right here. Why? Because oil prices are up. That's why. And, and, and so there's a glut of energy prices. They're creating the pressures there simply to stop the multipolar world. And that's not working. That's, that, you know, we, we, we've seen the coal revolution fail in Kazakhstan. We've seen the abject failure that has occurred in Ukraine. We're seeing the, the, the nonsense that is happening uh, and their failures to economically curtail and contain China and Russia. That's all coming apart. So now all of a sudden, Siege, all of a sudden, Oh, we can possibly see this coming to an end by the by springtime. Oh yes, we're probably near the end stage of this. In fact, we're almost there. What's changing in our is our immunity. The new coronavirus first emerged two years ago in Wuhan, China. Yes, remember that. Not Fort Detrick, Maryland. No, no, no. Wuhan, China. That's where that's where it started. And we were very vulnerable. It was completely a new virus, and that our immune systems had our experience before, and we had no drugs or vaccines to help. We know for a fact the vaccines do jack diddly shit. We know for a fact that Israel, who's on their fourth and fifth, and God knows how many boosters at this point, they know they're about to abandon. Israel's abandoning that zero COVID policy. They're, they're abandoning. It doesn't work. Same thing with Spain. Same thing with other countries. Okay. You mean to tell me it's because the vaccines are so damn effective? We don't. The vaccines never work. It never can work. It's just a ruse and a cover. All it can do is create more health problems for people who will undergo further and further medical treatments for the rest of their life. That's what this whole damn thing's about. It has nothing to do with anything. He came with this handy illustration depicting the difference between the between the pandemic and the endemic. Mm-hmm. Well, it appears the CEO of Pfizer has caught on to this narrative, and he proves. Listen to this. This is Albert Borla, the veterinarian from Greece, who became CEO in 2019. Perfect fall guy. If you want a fall guy, when this whole thing goes up, when this whole entire stuff goes um, sideways, you want to... Um, have a perfect fall guy. You can pick a perfect fall guy than Albert Borla. He's perfect. He's an idiot. He's a nobody. He's never accomplished anything in his life. A veterinarian. So they have him, this puppet of Big Pharma, out there speaking. Speaking to the French media, the Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla, that while he expects COVID to continue to circulate for many years to come, he expects the future waves won't cause the types of restrictions that people have become used to over the last two years and that life will return to normal in the spring. <gasps> life will return to normal in the spring. Borla told the French news outlet Le Fragier, whatever, whatever you want to call that. Le Farge. Le Farge, yeah. In an interview published January 16th that he expects 
a return to normal life at some point in spring of this year. However, he added the caveat that the mysterious dynamics of COVID spread make it acute, accurate predictions more difficult. We'll soon be able to resume to normal life, Albert Bola told the French pe- uh, paper. We are all positioned and to get there in the spring thanks to all the tools at our disposal. <laughs> thanks to all the fools at your disposal. Um, tests are very effective vaccines and first treatments that can be had. And, and this is what he says. And, and at-home treatments. At-home treatments. Why? And this is how you know the fact that they have an at-home treatment for, for COVID is the fact you know it's over. The fact you know that they're announcing from Pfizer, from Merck, from Sanofi, all these other pharmaceutical companies, they're all coming up with at-home treatment. They're all knockoff, you know, bootleg brands of ivermectin. That's basically what it is. That's how you know it's coming to an end. Why? Because you wanted a vax pass, right? You wanted a a, a, uh, a, a vaccine pass. You wanted a, a pass that's going to give you access to life, normalcy. That was the original goal. Well, that's failed big time. You see, a lot of private equity believed these globalists. And a lot of private equity put a lot of money and said, okay, globalists, you want to make more profits for us? You want to make more money for us? Fine. Here's trillions of dollars. Okay? Here's trillions of dollars. Go forth and make your new world order. So what did the globalists do? They absolutely fuck up every relationship between China and Russia because they thought they can do it. Right? Not between China and Russia, but but between the Western nations and China and Russia in the multipolar world. Their policies are all bullshit. They created all these vaccine databases, none of which work properly. None of them. They're all filled with bugs. These vax passes, they're all garbage. They don't work. There's no update. There's no, I mean, you have states that have a, a, a vax pass, which is different from the city. And then the city's uh, vax pass don't connect, connect with the state, so on and so forth. It's a mess. Because if you look at the, if you guys remember the debacle that was behind the Obamacare website, you remember that siege? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, if you remember the Obamacare uh, debacle, what occurred? You had a website that was developed by idiots. They literally found names of Transformer robots, okay, from the movie Transformers and the cartoon series uh, Transformers. They found Optimus Prime within the source code. I'm Optimus Prime, right? They found Bumblebee and Megatron and all these other cartoons. They found, found Winnie the Pooh and this, that, and the other. They found all these things within the source code itself, within the written code of the program. They were filler code because it, it, this is why it, it never, the, the website never worked. It was disgusting. It was hundreds of millions of dollars spent developing this website. It looked like a high schooler put it together. Well, the same lowbrow con artist who developed the Obama Care website. Those same con artists in Charlottesville, guess what? They're the ones who are making, they're the ones that are making on these no-bid contracts these COVID vaccination databases. So it's no wonder that it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not some advanced database that's linked up with uh, advanced, algo, you know, advanced AI and cloud computing and it's going to be tracking this. No, it's all bullshit. It's all broken and half-baked. So now the, the private equity that backed these globalists are like, wait a minute, you know, you, you, you've alienated wreck it, it, it they wrecked the whole thing so in a lot of private equity right now is swinging to a more populist idea 
because populism is 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 the trend of the world. Populist populism works. Nationalism works. And what has happened is in, in globalization, the globalist party is, is over, right? The Democrat Party has destroyed themselves. Liberals as an ideology is, is going to revert back to what it was in the 70s and 80s, a bunch of fucking weirdos, right? A bunch of weirdos hiding out of their closets, and we laugh at them because their ideas are stupid. Because now private equity is like, listen, there's more money to be made if we can cut deals with Russia and China. Now, here's the point, guys. America is a country with over 5,000 nukes. Granted, maybe 20, you know, maybe 20% of them are actually operational. The vast majority of them probably don't even work. But the point is, we're still a nuclear power. You can't have a Mad Max scenario. People envision breakdown of civilization. They they think a Hollywood movie, Mad Max, uh, World War Z, Walking Dead, whatever, whatever end of the world, you know, scenario on how civilization comes apart. But that's not reality. Systems don't break like that. When you study systems, systems break in event-driven patterns that take years and years and years to play out. And now, all of a sudden, you're seeing an absolute refocusing on this idea that we're at the end of the pandemic. And if some key metrics that I'm looking at come forth, I I predict we're going to enter a kind of like how Japan entered the lost decade in the 90s, right? I I think we're going to enter a similar lost decade where there's zero growth in our economy, our GDP. There's, you know, and Mark is going to be pretty much flatlined in actual real metrics, but the actual indexes, of course, will be sky high, right? The indexes will be like, you'll have a 50,000 point down, you'll have um, you'll have a 50,000 point down, you'll have um, um, you know, sky high valuations and whatnot. But it's going to be 10 years of just level just level growth, just like this, man. Just just level growth, just like that. Ten years of it. That's what we're looking at here. Okay? That's what we're looking at here. Because all of a sudden, here comes Billy, Ga- Billy Gates, Mr. Vaccine himself. Uh, we're probably near the end of it. And just like that, folks, poof, just like that, poof, gone. No more COVID. Siege. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, you know, much like you, you alluded to, you know, they they're they're taking their profit is basically yeah. what it, it it boils down to. They're they're taking profit. They they've they've made their their billions in terms of the, the COVID jab. Who knows how many uh, government expenditures, how many purchasing orders are there uh, for even more of the vaccine that's being being manufactured. But it was all fine. It was just all financially driven. Even even look the the tests. Is a, is a perfect example of me. Like in, in the early days of, of COVID, you know, you had to go to, you know, a mini clinic or, uh, you know, Walgreens, someplace to, designated uh, to get the test. You know, you had to schedule it online. And they looked at that and they're like, well, gosh, healthcare reimbursement rates are, 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 are terrible on these things. We, we got to find a way to, to, to make money, you know, doing, doing something different here. So what happened? So instead of having, you know, clinics for testing and so forth, they flipped it to home base where now they Abbott Laboratories is the manufacturer of 
you know, one of the probably the most popular top selling retail items in terms of, of take home testing. So they flipped it. So now they started limiting how many tests that were being done and they were forcing the consumer to purchase the retail base. Why? Because they could make a lot more profit. They could, who knows? I mean, I guarantee you that it probably costs 10 bucks to manufacture that test, maybe five bucks in terms of the volume, how you're doing And What's the retail price on that? 24, 25 bucks. So now they're forcing the consumer to, instead of going and having to deal with insurance reimbursement rates and, re, and getting you know paid back for the testing for the consumer and not getting paid back at all, probably sometimes now it's like, okay, great. Now we, now we can sell these test kits to take home. Oh, and by the way, the government just ordered you know, how many millions of these tests to be, to be ordered and, and shipped out. So, so they, they leverage these things. And, and I think that they've cycled that we we've cycled the profitability, you know, how many vaccines have been manufactured, the percentage of people that have taken them. And so they financially assess things and said, okay, now we need to pivot. Now we need to pivot to home-based care because we see the bandwidth that we can have with Yep. getting people to take maybe even a daily regimen, maybe even a daily supplement. Maybe that's how far it will get after they get approval uh, for this home-based treatment. Maybe it will even become more of a daily type of something that you take as far as you know combating COVID. So it, it's just ugly all, all over to, to look at this. It's just, again, it goes back to exposing everything about how culturally we are so broken as a country. And, and when I say that, I'm talking about about Washington, D.C., our legislatures, uh, you know, not the not the people in general, but most people will never understand this. Most people will never get to the point to understand the financial systems. I know our rogue listeners will, but that's what it falls back to is that they, they've cycled the profitability of covid. They're they're pivoting to, to figure out ways of other making money, draining the middle class. They've struggled to find it to, to find ways of creating more money in terms of the the bills to to fund uh, all these different programs that go forth and so now they're now they're pivoting and 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 again it's just it's it's such a shame because it's just, it's such a corrupt system yeah um such a corrupt system but at at the, at the end of the day it goes back to the culture that's been established in in Washington DC uh, V Absolutely correct man absolutely correct and 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 here's the and again it's getting harder and harder you got why is it right that all of a sudden Fox News on the Laura Ingram channel they have this woman on she's an MIT scientist so I don't know if you've seen this video or not let me know if you can get the audio okay all right, here we go do you hear that yep yep I got okay, audio all right good okay here we go I'm gonna play this interview go here we go listen to this folks my next guest, a very well-respected MIT scientist, recently gave a presentation warning of the possible long-term side effects of the COVID vaccines. She wrote, through the prion-like action of the spike protein, we will likely see an alarming increase in several major neurodegenerative diseases with increasing prevalence among younger and younger populations. Joining me now is Dr. Stephanie Seneff senior research scientist at the MIT Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab. Dr. Seneff, um, this is absolutely terrifying to a layperson to hear uh, as this push for vaccines and boosters and, and new boosters and multiple boosters for our younger population continue. What do we need to know? 
I first of all think it's outrageous to be giving vaccines to young people because they they don't have a risk of a very very low risk of dying from COVID, so they they don't get a benefit. And when you look at the potential harm from these vaccines, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. And certainly, repeated boosters is just going to be very uh, devastating, I think, in the long term. And um, it's just a I've done a lot of research, and I I really am beginning to understand exactly how the process takes place, and it's uh, very disturbing. Now, the neurodegenerative aspect of this that you specifically highlight from your research, explain that, if you can, in layman's terms. Yes, I'll try to. And, of course, the science is never easy, but it's quite fascinating what happens. The, the vaccine gets injected into the arm. The muscle cells get very upset. They bring in a whole bunch of troops. The immune cells come in, take up the vaccine themselves. They take up the nanoparticles. They start making spike protein. The particles basically get your cells to produce lots and lots of spike protein in a hurry. Spike is the most toxic part of the virus. And these immune cells then rush into the lymph system, rush to the spleen. Many of them end up in the spleen, which is where you want uh, them to be to produce the antibodies. That's the goal. So they've designed it. And they're very happy to see that they end up in the spleen, making lots of spike protein and then invoking an immune response that produces antibodies by the B cells. But the problem is that those germinal centers in the spleen are really the center place where Parkinson's disease develops and probably many other uh, neurodegenerative diseases. But for Parkinson's, it's been very well laid out that uh, that you get uh, prion-like proteins even from infections in the gut. Immune cells take them to the spleen, to those germinal centers, and then they start spewing out Exosomes, these are little lipid particles that are released by the cell, unloading mm. that toxic protein and shipping it along the vagus nerve to the brain. This is sort of well known with respect to Parkinson's disease, and that's the model I'm using. It feels to me like this is a perfect setup for it. Dr. Sanef, um, this is a very short segment. We're going to have you back. But any parent who's been pressured into giving a child uh, this vac vaccination, what do you say to them tonight? Uh, they should do everything they can to avoid it, absolutely everything they can. Dr. Seneff, um, this deserves a longer conversation that you and I are going to have on my podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us, and I'll continue to post uh, your research and your findings. Wow. Whoa, yeah. Wow. Okay. Laura's waking up. That's good. Dude. We need more of those national commentators to... Yeah, we need, see, we need we need we need to get a we need to get this lady on our show, bro. Like ASAP. Like, yeah, I think she's been on. Yeah, I, I, gosh, we gotta get her. Yeah, I mean, it's just gosh, be. I mean, that's it's it's pretty powerful. I mean, think and about that, it. And, and you good good. Now think about it. Here we have a an an MIT scientist. Okay, a neuroscientist. I'm granted she's not the science like Fauci, you know, because you know Fauci is he is science. Did you know that, Siege? Do you know Anthony Fauci invented science, CJ? Did you know that? He, he is science. He is science. I am science. That's what it is. It's like me saying I am pizza. Okay? <laughs> I, am, I am pizza. It's ridiculous. But yeah, man. It's using, it's behaving like a prion. But what a, what's a prion? A prion are certain components they're not alive. They're not dead. They are certain types of components. You can find them in funguses and whatnot. It causes degenerative brain disease. You ever see mad cow disease? That's caused by prions. Yep. 
So this damn thing is behaving in a way that's very similar to the prions that you see with mad cow's disease and hoof and mouth syndrome and all this other stuff. Then you got idiot parents or ignorant parents who just trust the government because the government's your friend. And they're bringing their kids in. The kids are getting a jab. We don't. We know from what, what what Robert Malone has told us, and what Peter McCullough has told us, and many other research scientists have told us, this thing is going directly into the ovaries and the reproductive systems of children. And we also know, thanks to this doctor, that it, it's going through the vagus nerve directly into the brain. Cholesterol around you. I don't know how this is going to play out, bro. This could be a major scandal. And one thing I do know about major corporate scandals, there's going to be a crap load of money to be made on the other side of it. Yeah, well, and yeah, definitely through healthcare systems, you know, everything healthcare related. Um, th- there's no doubt that like when you, it, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that when you look at the U.S. healthcare V that we spend more per capita than any other developed country. However, we have one of the worst health outcomes out there. And that's, that's perfectly by design, I, you know, and, and maybe, maybe some of this conversation, we, 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 you know, wait till two with, with Matthew Arrett, who's far more into the entire things with the eugenics programs that are taking place. Sure. And we know, we know that these globalists lead in the way that they look at things in terms of their green agenda, that they look at, at individuals and people as the greatest threat to, to our environment. And their goal is to reduce the population. And how you do that? How do you do that? You've, you've, we've, they've done it through wars before. They've, they've done it systematically through different processes. And now we're looking at this. They're, they're doing it through our health care. And, and when you look at the increase in the vaccination schedule that we've had here in the United States, I guarantee there, there needs to be a study. I wish somebody would take the increase in the vaccine schedule and benchmark that against the health care and the life expectancy of 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 uh, of the average person, and I guarantee you that they would pretty we much it. And, and the increase in in different you know asthmas they, everything they else. They know it. They had already, already done, look at the actuarials, not just in Indiana, but several of the states, right? Where the insurance actuarials already know this because the insurance actuaries don't they don't care about how woke you are. They care about performance. They care about the actual metrics and the numbers. And we've seen we've seen the spike in mortality for individuals that are between 18 and 49. Now, if they have the mortality rates between 18 and 49, health insurance companies will also have the metrics as to the increases in in allergies, asthma, autoimmune disorder, all these numbers. They already have it. They already have it. It's just not made public as of yet. All we know is that, that, that what's been public is the 18 to 49-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. I think exactly. Um, you know, everything, you know, people are like, oh, I have a, I have a peanut allergy. No, you don't. You, you had a vaccine induced uh, reaction uh, that, that made you allergic to, to peanuts. You know, I mean, a lot of these things you have, you have asthma or, or, or skin type disorders. No, you don't. You had a vaccine injury and your body reacted different. It would, you know, these things aren't natural. Like our children who are so unhealthy and it's not natural for that way. And it's, and it's by, it's by design. It's, it's just, you know, so unfortunate. I say this all the time is that the moment that you start going to a doctor and getting a prescription is the moment that your health starts declining and you start going in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. 
And here's the funny thing, Siege. Right about as they've gotten millions upon millions upon millions of people jabbed, now they're rolling out 5G. And in New York, the helicopter pilots were complaining that, dude, the rollout of 5G is, is affecting the instrumentation of the aircraft and it's affecting their ability to fly. They wanted to halt the 5G rollout. And now airlines are saying that 5G will create economic calamity. Okay, this is all over the news. It's on RT, Zero Hedge, it's on several other networks as well. Some of the U.S. largest commercial and cargo airliners have sounded the alarm about the potential devastating effects of 5G service around airports, saying that the technology could effectively grind travel and shipping to a halt. Airlines for America, a lobbying group that represents JetBlue, American, Southwest, United, Delta, UPS, and FedEx, among others, issued a letter on Monday warning that the new 5G C-band. You see, folks, there are many flavors of 5G. A lot of people think 5G, all 5G is bad. No, most 5G, what we have is the is, is the long way 5G, is basically 4G LTE plus, okay? Then you have the millimeter wave, which is very powerful, okay? But the problem with the millimeter wave is if you duck behind a tree or you in a building, it or if you're not in line of sight, it, it's, it's practically useless. Now you have this new C-band, which is kind of in between a millimeter wave and the, and the broad wave, okay? Now, this is the real 5G over here. Now, they're ending vaccine rollouts. They got millions of people jabbed. Now they're rolling out 5G. What happens when the 5G activates and those people that have been vaccinated, what happens to their body? How will their immune systems respond? Right? God knows what kind of components there are. I mean, there are rumors out there of, of graphene oxide being in there. There's all sorts of talk of that. What, I have not seen absolute 100% concrete proof. Okay, I haven't seen it. Nobody, nobody's yet provided absolute 100% concrete proof saying, hey, there's graphene oxide in there. Here's the chain of custody that shows that this is an actual vaccine that's never been tampered with, and there's the graphene oxide, right? But I'm not counting it out either. But this is something to, to file in the back of your head, that at the end of this pandemic, as it's coming too close, now they're rolling out 5G. And it's already affecting aircraft. It's affecting helicopter pilots in New York. Okay. <clears throat> Unless our major hubs are clear to fly, the vast majority of the traveling and shipping public will essentially be grounded. It is said, adding that up to 1,100 flights, 100,000 passengers could experience delays and cancellations per day. Unbelievable. While the Federal Aviation Administration has acknowledged that the new cell network could interfere with key aircraft systems, namely ra radio altimeters, which helps pilots land in low visibility as of Sunday. I mean, dude, I mean, it helps pilots land in low visibility. What can go wrong? As of Sunday, <laughs> and you got pilots that are already jabbed, okay? When this thing clicks on and they're trying to land a plane, will they stroke out? Will they have a heart attack in the, in, in the air? Who knows? As of Sunday, the agency said it has cleared less than half of the U.S. fleet to operate alongside the C-band towers. The latest update just came days ahead of the planned rollout set for January the 19th, which itself followed several delays due to ongoing safety. However, the airlines stress that the interference goes beyond one system, as altimeters provide critical information to other safety and navigation systems in modern airplanes, which could mean that huge swaths of the operating fleet are indefinitely grounded until the issues are resolved. Though the airlines have long voiced opposition to hasty 5G rollout, pressing the FAA and telecom companies for a series of delays, they said the problems are substantially worse than originally anticipated as they only recently discovered that many major airports will be under flight restrictions after January the 19th. 
in addition to the chaos, those restrictions would cause in the U.S., including for air passengers, shippers, and supply chain, and the delivery of needed medical supplies, the companies said that the lack of usable wide-body aircraft could potentially strand tens of thousands of Americans overseas. The firms urged the FAA to halt the construction of any new 5G towers within two miles of selected airports until regulators determine how that can be safely accomplished without catastrophic disruption. Verizon and AT&T are spearheading the C-band rollout after winning an $80 billion in contracts. I wonder how many government, how many hundreds of millions they paid off to lobbyists and how many billions they paid to lobbyists to get their $80 billion contract to install the tech last year. While the telecoms have agreed to create a temporary buffer zones around 50 major airports to give aviators time to reduce interference risks, the measures have failed to appease the airlines who continue to demand further delays. Interesting, is it not? So the government is willing to sacrifice the transportation network so they can have their 5G rollout. They're willing to cause delays of hundreds of thousands of passengers. Now, I'm hoping that this gets pushed back and it stops. But you can see the rabid, the rabidness that these people have in, in pushing out, you know, this whole entire rolling out, this whole entire 5G. I mean, I just, uh, this is the way my brain thinks, CJ. I, I mean, I'm looking at them like they're, they're, they're telegraphing that it's the end of the scandemic. And now they're talking about 5G. And all of a sudden, they want to roll out 5G. Like, they got to get it done as quickly as possible. Your thoughts, mm. buddy? Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting, you know, to watch this uh, rollout of, of 5G uh, take place and happen. And, and you know, being in, you know, Indiana, we're one of the beta uh, test cities. And and uh, unfortunately, our, our my city that I live in is, is, is very, you know, in terms of progressive and wanted to get this accomplished. So it's been very interesting to watch the super 5G towers uh, being built and to see where they are. And then also to look at the the micro towers that are literally, I'd probably say probably no more than uh, 150 to 200 yards apart from each other. And they basically are along street roads and they look like lampposts, but they're not lampposts. They have a, a black cylinder around them. And every one of these cylinders that they build, because again, you know, you have to use that micro burst of 5G technology. And that's why they need, need to build a lot of these micro towers. Every one of those has to be powered up. So you will see, drive down the road, you'll see this black cylinder tower along the road. And then if you look to the left or right, you see a power uh, supply uh, regulated because they, you know, the, the Verizon, whoever has to pay the electric bill to keep that things up. So, so I think there's many layers to the 5G aspect. You know, obviously, yes, one of them is, is definitely in terms of what some of the tech oligarch wants in terms of the, the, the surveillance grid that they want to build. You know, you also have the insurance companies who are really pushing for all these uh, self-driven cars. I think the insurance companies would love to remove the human aspect of, of driving yep. and put an app in every one of our cars that drives our vehicles. And, you know, so so there's they try to justify it by many, by many, many means. But I think in terms of immediate impact, like, for example, myself, if I live near one of these micro towers, whatever, I'd be looking for any type of neurological changes to myself or my pets and and the neurological impact could could be the smallest things like sleep interruptions uh, you know some people have different frequencies and react differently to 
to different things. Not, not all of us are the same. Some of us are more susceptible to those types of things. That's why some people have to unplug the Wi-Fi in their homes at night uh, so that their sleep pattern is not disrupted. You know, sleeping with your phone next to you is, is not very healthy. So that'd be immediate thing is to, to look for that. So so then that and then you layer in the fact that there are no long term studies in terms of the impacts of, of 5G and how it impacts our health. Um, you know, Derek Bros over at the Conscious Health Resistant Network, he is uh, he, he has lobbied a, against this. He, he has testified in, in front of the city of Houston, the city councilors. He, he has directly gotten in the face of the one of the top um, uh, U.S. regulators who pushed forth this this um, this bill. And the bill basically allows the, the Verizon, AT&T, all these things to basically decide where these towers are going. In other words, they have eliminated any decision by the municipalities of where these towers are going. They literally have no say-so under this federal uh, guideline, these federal laws. So there's a lot of layers you know, to this. And so I guarantee you also, I, I guarantee you Facebook and and these tech companies are, are funding a lot of this because they know that they need, uh, in order to get to Zuckerberg's um, uh, metaverse in terms of the virtual world that he wants to create in terms of us immersed in this, he knows we're going to need a lot more bandwidth uh, that's currently existing to, to deliver that. So, so there's many layers to it. The health aspect, to me, is probably one of the most vital. Um, and maybe what I'll do, V, is maybe at some point I'll, I'll drive around uh, the area and I'll take some pictures and, and show what some of these things uh, look like. The yes. last windstorm that we had actually blew the cover off of one of these 5G Ooh. towers. So you got to see what the inside of it. around and just start unplugging them, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Why not? Cut the, cut the power supply. Just pull the plug huh? on them. Cool. Yeah. Pull, just the pull the plug on, plug on them. <laughs> so, so again, you know, just, you know, and, but here's the thing is that in, in terms of where they're, they're placing them. These are all in residential areas. They have to be, you know, these yeah. micro bursts that's needed with this 5G technology. That's that's why they need these towers to duplicate that signal frequently. You know, they they can't they can't you know, you're talking about immerse a very powerful network and those towers have to be placed out that they can they can grab that signal and boost it again. And that's why there's so many of them everywhere. Yeah, absolutely right, man. Exactly. File this in the back of your head, folks. This whole entire 5G push, real 5G, not the broad wave and not the uh, limited millimeter wave. But I've, I've noticed here recently that I know that they're going active and they're doing a lot more testing. I've noticed a lot of in- interruptions uh, to my 4G network. Sure. Um, I've had a lot more interruptions lately on, on, on Verizon. And one of the things that changed immediately that I need yeah. to call Verizon because it really pisses me off is that I used to be able to do data things on my, my smart device and be able to talk on the phone. Like, for example, if, if, if my wife was calling me and say, hey, can you look this up on your email? Or, or, or I, I thought I had this. I could be on the phone talking and, yeah. and then do things on my device and search the web, do things. Now, now whatever, however they flipped it, probably, probably to get people off of 4G and move them to 5G, the moment I have a phone call in, it completely interrupts my internet connection to my smartphone. Now I can't even use my device once I have a phone call and it completely connects, kills the data on it. Why? Because they're probably flipping everything off of like for your phone usage from the cell phone towers. What kind of phone do you have? You have, you have a it's Samsung. Phone? It's a Samsung. Yeah. What is the S9, S10? Yeah. S20? S9. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a 4G phone, bro. They're phasing mm-hmm. you out. Mm-hmm. 
They yep. want you. They want you to get on one of these 5G devices. Yes. I want to be cool and be trendy. <laughs> Unreal, man. Unreal. You can't keep a good globalist down, Siege. You can't. You can't. You can't. They're going to get you in which, uh, which way uh, possible. Unreal, man. Absolutely unreal. Anyway, folks, we're at the end of the show. See, you got anything else you want to you want to mention? No, uh, two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're going to be Matthew recording. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we're, I'm sorry. We're not yeah, live. Never mind. We're not live. Don't go anywhere. Two p.m. You're yeah, right. Don't go anywhere. Just uh, we're going to be recording. And, yeah. Uh, once it's finished processing, we'll upload it to all the alternative platforms: Rumble, Twitch, and Float, and Goat, and Moat, and Bloat, everything out there. Everything. We're everywhere, man. And RogueNews.com. RogueNews.com. And with that being said, Siege, we're over and out. Let me do it.